for joining us as we hear an anointed word from Treasure Coast Victory Center. So we'll go to Numbers, Numbers chapter 13 this morning. Numbers. Yes, it's in your Bible. It's there. As we stay on the kingdom theme and on you being a kingdom citizen and living in victory and, and being all that you can be and fulfilling your purpose, basically, I want to talk to this morning a little bit about perception. Because how you perceive things in your life will determine how far you go in the things of God and how far you go, period, in every single area of your life. Say perception. Perception, perception is simply how you see things, not necessarily out here, but how you see things in here. In other words, you have a sight on the inside of you, and you're looking, even in the natural, but in the, in the spirit, you see something different. How many know you're a spiritual being? Yeah. you got to understand that first. You are a spirit. You have a soul. You live in a physical body. And the spirit realm is the real realm. Say the spirit realm. Spirit. It's the real realm. So we must see things in the spirit in order to advance in the spirit. We have to see things outside the natural realm. People who live in the natural and the devil wants to keep you looking at everything in the natural realm and judging everything in your life by the natural realm. But if you do that, you will stay in the natural realm. We have to see beyond in order to go beyond. Whatever you see beyond, whatever God shows you in your heart, you'll see it and you will advance towards that thing. And as you advance towards it, you'll get there. Another step will come to you. But you see it in here before you get it out here. Are you following me? All right, Numbers chapter 13, look at verse 17. And Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said unto them, Get you up this way southward and go up into the mountain and see the land, what it is, and the people that dwells therein, whether they be strong or weak, few or many, and what the land is that they dwell in, whether it be good or bad, and in what cities they will be that dwell there, whether in tents or in strongholds, and what the land is, whether it be fat or lean, whether they be good or wood therein or not, and be ye of good courage, and bring of the fruit of the land. Now the time was the time of first ripe grapes. So they went up, and they did what? Search the land. Notice this is basically talking when God basically gave the children of Israel the promised land. Notice he gave it to them. It belonged to them, and he told them to go up and possess the land. Anything God shows you in your perception or in what you see, you have to then go and possess. It just doesn't fall out of the sky. You just don't end up there. You start walking towards it spiritually so that you go to a different place than what you're at right now. So God's people went up to spy out the land. All right, look at verse 25. And they returned from searching of the land after forty days. And they went and came to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel into the wilderness of Paran and to Kadesh and brought back word unto them and unto all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him and said, We came into the land where you sent us, and it surely flowed with milk and honey, and this is the fruit of it. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled, and the very great, and moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. Notice, so they go over and they spy out the land. They see everything that God told them. It's a good land. It's a wonderful land, but there was a but. Say a but. but. What was that but? The but was there was giants over there. The but was they were strong over there. The but was they were, the, their cities were walled over there. The, it was all trouble over there. It was going to be hard to get in there. It was going to be hard to possess the land that God had for them. Look at verse 30. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to do what? All right, now, how many know that all the spies that went up there saw the same thing? 
They all went, they saw the land, they saw the fruit, they saw the giants, they saw the cities, they all went up. But here's one person who saw something different than what everybody else saw. In other words, he didn't see the giants, he didn't see the city walls, he didn't see any of this stuff, basically because he was looking at it from a different perspective than the other ones were looking at it. He was looking at it from a spiritual, godly perspective rather than from a natural perspective. Look at verse 31. But the men that went up with him said, we be not able. Say, we be not able. We be not able. Now notice, cables say, we can go up and get it because we able. And yet the same people that went there said, we be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we are. And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched into the children of Israel, saying, the land through which we have gone to search it out, it is a land that eats up the inhabitants thereof. And all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. And there we saw the giants, the son of Anix, which come of the giants. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight. Now, how many know this wasn't a very good report to the people who were waiting back there? So they come back and say everything that they saw in the natural, they saw giants, they saw this or that, said it got to such a point that when they saw this in the natural realm, they saw themselves as what? Grasshoppers. All right, notice the last line there. We were in our own sight as grasshoppers. Now notice what it says. And so we were where? Now notice they didn't know what they looked like in their sight. But I'll tell you what, the enemy sees you as you see you. If you see yourself as a loser, he sees you as a loser. If he sees you as a failure, if you see yourself as a failure, he sees you. So perspective is very important. How many of you believe if you believe that you're a son of the living God, full of the Spirit of God, he sees you that way too. So the perspective, and notice they all saw the same thing in the natural, but their perspective was different because of what they saw and how they saw it in here. All right, go to 1 Samuel 17. First Samuel 17. All right, First Samuel 17, look at verse 22. And David left his carriage in the hand of the keeper of the carriage and ran into the army and came and saluted his brethren. And as he talked with them, behold, there came up the champion, the Philistine of Gath, called Goliath by the name, out of the armies of the Philistines, and spake according to the same words, and David heard them. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled, retreated, and ran, and they were sore afraid. And the men of Israel said, Have you seen this man who comes up against us? Now, how many know that the children of Israel once again ran into trouble? Say, ran into trouble. How many know that you may run into trouble? Hallelujah. Probably every day. So notice, they ran up there, they saw him, and they looked in the natural realm, and they said, my gosh, let's run away. We, we can't handle this. We can't do this. There's no way we can take this giant. There's no way we can do this. Look at verse 26. And David spake to the men and stood by him, saying, What shall be done to the man that kills the Philistine and takes away the reproach of Israel? Now notice, David saw the same giant. He saw the same Philistine army. Some people are retreating, running away. They're scared. But notice what David said. What do I get? He saw an opportunity. What do I get if I take down this giant? Ooh, I'm glad he's here today. And the rest of them say, oh, we're afraid of him. We know it. Guys, ooh. David said, what can I do? They all looked at the same thing. There was a different perspective. One was a perspective in the spirit. One was a perspective looking at the natural realm. All right, look at verse 28. And Eliab, his eldest brother, heard what he had spake, 
unto the man, and Eliab's anger was kindled against David, and he said, Why camest thou down hither? And with whom hast thou left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your pride and naughtiness of your heart, for thou art come down that thou mightest see a battle. How many know that was his brother? Come on. Now here's a perception. David, whoo-hoo, what could I get for killing this guy? And his brother said, you're, you, you rotten thing. You, you can't do anything. You're just talking too much. You're just talking too big. You're just overboard. You're just too out there someplace. You're just too. How many of you know when you start seeing in the spirit and hang around people who can only see in the natural, they never help you. They pull you back. They take you to, I'm going to start a ministry. You can't start a ministry. You can't preach. What makes you think you can start a church? What makes you think you can learn the word of God? What makes you think you can do this stuff? You remember where you came from? You used to dance on the bar. You used to be drunk every night. What do you think in your right mind that you can run a church? <laughs> what is that? People that cannot see beyond the natural realm. But David perceived something. He saw something else. Look at verse 32. And David said to Saul, who was a leader at that time, Let no man's heart fail because of thy servant, and will go and fight. I will go and fight this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Thou art not able. I be not able. Leader, I'm going to come help you out. I'm going to take down this Goliath. You be not able. So notice, even the leaders weren't helping his perception or his vision. That's why you've got to watch who you listen to. I don't care how many doctors or doctor dash doctor 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 they got behind their name. They are either seen in the future in the perception of the spirit or they're seen in the natural. And if they're in the natural, they won't won't want you to go past them in the spirit because they're the leader. I pray to God every one of you runs past me. You maketh me happy when you run past me. And you should run past me. I'm giving you everything I know, but I don't get everything you know, so you should be by me already. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So notice, here's the leaders even saying the same thing. You can't do nothing. You ain't going to make anything. Nothing's going to happen for you. Nothing's going to happen this way. All right, look at verse 43. So he's got two reports. He's got his brother who's really helping him out. He's got his leader who's really helping him out. And then he runs into the Philistine. And the Philistine said unto David, Am I a dog that you come at me with staves and a stick? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said unto David, Come to me, and I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the field. Now, how, I mean, you know, that probably didn't envision him much. To help. That didn't pour some power on his vision there. Now he runs into the guy face to face, and this guy's cursing him. This guy, I'm going to take you down. I'm gonna, all these things are in the natural realm. But notice what David replies. Look at verse 45. Then David said to the Philistine, Will you come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield? But I come to you where? In the name of the Lord. Say the name of the Lord. Amen. Now notice why he thought he could defeat Goliath. Because the name of the Lord. How many know you can't see the name of the Lord? You can't feel the name of the Lord. You don't even know if the name of the Lord going to worketh, praise God. But he was so, had so much faith in perceiving that the name of the Lord and God was on his side, even though he couldn't see it in the natural realm. He comes talking big. Then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a shield. But I come to you in the name of the Lord and the hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, that thou hast defiled. This day... Well, the Lord deliver you into my hand. I'm going to smite you. I'm going to take thy head from you. And I will give your carcasses to the host of the Philistines this day and to the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts. How I many know that's big talk? Yeah. Now, you ain't going to talk that way in the natural realm. You're going to talk that way in the spiritual realm. See, you can't go around telling everybody, I'm going to heal the sick and cast out devils. Praise God. I'm going to walk in divine power every day of my life. Unless you're seeing something different than just you. So there's a perception in the kingdom of God God wants to take us to, to go ahead and declare things. And how many know what he declared he did? 
Look at verse 51. Therefore David ran and stood upon the Philistines. He took his sword, drew it out of the sheath thereof, slew him, and cut off his head. And when the Philistines saw their champion was dead, guess what happened? Hallelujah. He defeated one guy and the whole army ran the other way. Why could he do that? He perceived something in the spirit realm. He saw the name of the Lord. He saw a God who was on his side. He wasn't seeing what was in the natural realm. How many know anybody seen in the natural realm would have never ran toward him? Would have never wanted to fight him. But he saw something different. This is why kingdom-wise, if you're going to continue to grow, you've got to see beyond where you're at right now. You cannot keep confessing, I'm an alcoholic, I'm no good, I can't do anything, I'll never be anything, I'll never amount to anything. You've got to go beyond that and see what God has said about you and what God has declared for you. And God will declare your future if you'll just believe it and walk towards it, no matter how ridiculous it seems in your life. He's always trying to get you to go ahead. He's always trying to get you to go further. He's always speaking things into your heart. Sometimes it takes him a while to nurture what's in there. Come on, he came to Sarah and said, you're going to have a child. You know what she did? Ho, ho, ho. Ho, ho, ho. She thought it was funny. Why? Because that's when he plants the seed in your heart. But then he just keeps coming back. I'll tell you one thing about it. If it's of the devil, it'll go away after a little while. If it's of God, it'll never go away. It'll just keep coming back. You can be 20 years, you can say, well, God told me to do that 20 years ago, and I just don't know if it was God, and I just don't think I can do that, and I don't think I'd be not able to do that, and, I just, and it just keeps coming back, and it just keeps coming back. Why? Because God's getting you to finally say yes to what he's called you to do and where he wants you to go, and when you say yes to it, you take another step, and you take another step, you take another step, then you finally get to that place, and you look back, and you don't know how you got there. Here I am. God told me I was going to do that, but I don't know how I even got here to do it. I guess I just kept following and just kept going. So perception. Say perception. perception. Hallelujah. All right, go to Luke chapter 2. Now I'll go to Matthew 3 first. That's closer. Say perception. perception. Notice what you see in the spirit, what you really see of yourself, what you see of others, what you see of God, all makes a difference in your life as far as the kingdom goes. We are seers. We look not at the things that are seen, but the things that are unseen. Because the things that are seen, they are temporary. But the things that are unseen, they are eternal. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right, Matthew chapter 3. Look at verse 16. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am what? Well, well please. How many have ever heard this before? Now notice this. Even though the Bible is wonderful and things, you've got to be careful of the perception that you get that the church has given to people, especially the Christian church. Because notice what happened here. Here's Jesus. He gets baptized in the water. When he comes up, the Spirit of the Lord comes down like a dove. Say, like a dove. dove. Say, not a dove. dove. Say, like a dove. dove. So it came to like a dove, probably gentle or whatever he's trying to get across, and lighted on him, basically on him. Now, every picture I've ever seen in every church has Jesus and his little white bird coming down to be on his head. If you look at Pentecost Day, they're in the upper room all praying and comes this little dove and he comes down and he lights upon their head and everybody's got the dove. Do you have the dove? Yeah, I got the dove. I've got the dove. He's such a sweet dove. He's such a nice dove. You got the dove? I got the dove too. I got the dove. All right, look at Luke chapter 24.
All right, Luke chapter 24, look at verse 49. Last thing Jesus said before he left, he said, And behold, to the disciples, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with from on. All right, now we talk about the Holy Ghost in your life. What do you see? Do you see a dove? Or do you see the power sent to you from on high? Because when you run into your next Goliath, you don't want to go at him with a dove. See what I mean? But all this stuff is put in the books. It's put in here. The pictures are here. It's portrayed this way to a point where we don't even see the Holy Ghost as this person of power who lives on the inside. Greater is the dove in me than he that's in the world. How many know that's not the scripture? But how many know you can quote that scripture and see the dove on the inside of you rather than God himself who lives on the inside of you? What is it? It's your perception. What do you see when you see the cold? When you run into a problem, what do you see? Do you see you and the dove trying to take it on? Or do you see you and the spirit of God endued from heaven with power of God on the inside of you when you lay hands on your sick? What are you? Are you doving them? It's funny, but I'll tell you what, you see enough of these pictures, this is what you think. There's the Holy Ghost. And then people will show pictures on Facebook of a dove flying. There goes the Holy Ghost. No, it was a bird. It was a bird who flew up by the sun. It wasn't the Holy Ghost. But we're so trained. There he goes. There's three Holy Ghosts all together fluttering towards the sun. See, this is the kind of thinking that's trying to be put into kingdom people so they become regular churchy members. I don't want to become a churchy member. I've got the Spirit of God on the inside of me, and I know he's endued with power, and I know that all things are possible with him on the inside of me. And I don't want a dove on the inside of me. I want God on the inside of me, especially when I run into trouble, praise God, which is every day. Hallelujah. All right, go to Luke chapter 2. Say perception. Perception. All right, Luke chapter 2, verse 6. Might as well read some of this. Everybody in the world is this morning. Chapter 2, verse 6, And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished, and Mary should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. I mean, no, this is a Christmas story. So it gives us the story of Mary, of course, conceiving Jesus, which is great. There was no room in the inn, so basically he was in a crib, and, and basically he also was in swaddling clothes. And they put in there, how many seen crib scenes on Christmas cards? How many seen cribs, cribs in people's yards? How many seen these cribs? How many know they're all true? And this is what basically happened. It's okay, but you've got to be careful of the perception that that gives you as far as your Christian walk is. That's the natural look. All right, go to Revelations chapter 1. Couldn't find it. It's not in Jude. It's in Revelations, I guess. So that would make sense why that was. All right, Revelations chapter 1. Look at verse 12. This is the story of John on the Isle of Patmos where Jesus appears to him. Look at verse 12. John says, I turned to see the voice that spake with me, and being turned, I saw seven gold candlesticks. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks was one like unto the Son of Man. He was clothed with a garment down to the foot and girt about the paps with a golden girdle, 
His head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were a flame of fire, and his feet like undefined brass, as they burned in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. And he said that he had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance or face was as the sun, and it shined in his strength. Now this is the last picture we get of Jesus. And notice, the picture is not of him in a swaddling clothes in a manger. In his hand he had seven stars. He did not have a rattler. He had the sword of the word of God in his mouth, not a pacifier. He was not wrapped in swaddling clothes. Are you kidding me? He was wrapped in white all the way down with a golden thing across his front, praise God, and his eyes were burning like fire coming out of the inside of him. Now, my question is, who's in your heart today? You ask the little kids, who's in your heart? Jesus. And then you ask them to draw a picture of Jesus, and it's either a baby in a manger or a young guy with a sheep under his arm. See? What kind of perception do you have? This is the last I saw him. You know, my, my dad died about a year and a half ago now, and I don't remember dad being born on a farm in Tyro, Ohio, and living on a farm. I remember the last thing I saw about him is where I see him now. Well, notice, you got to see Jesus where we last saw him right now. And his eyes, praise God, they were on fire coming out of them things. And he had a sash across him, and he had all these things on the inside of him. Now, look, look how John responds. Look at verse 17. And John said, Gitchy, gitchy, goo. <laughs> Come on, is that what he said? No, and when he saw him, he did what? He fell down on his feet. People say, well, I don't believe in that falling down in the spirit. Neither did he. <laughs> Neither did he till just now. Now he believed in the thing. Notice the power of God was so strong in him. What happened? He fell down under the power when Jesus was there. Now, you run into your next Goliath. You run into your next problem. Who are you going to see living on the inside of you? Oh, the baby Jesus is in there. Jesus loves me, this I know. See, we got to be careful because our kids' perception growing up, see, they did that survey, four out of five showed him as a baby that was in their heart, and the other one showed him as a guy with a sheep. Nobody showed him like this. And we get so upset because we put up nativity scenes, and the people who don't like God and don't like anything else get mad. They even steal our little, our little ceramic baby Jesus. Can you believe that? Right out of the nativity. Maybe it's time we come up with a different Christmas decoration. Come up with this six-foot man whose eyes are fired a flame out of the inside of him, and he's got the sash on him right here, and his feet are his breath, praise God. And he's I don't think they'd steal that. No. <laughs> See? But notice, we're giving them that perspective of who Jesus is, really. They only seem as this baby who was born, who has no power, who has nothing, who's just out there, who's just another man, who just, they don't see what he actually is. But it's important for us to see in perspective what he is. He's Jesus, praise God. He is Jesus on the inside of you. He's power on the inside of you, a dude from heaven. So your perspective is very important all the time, especially when you run into trouble. When you run into trouble, how much power do you have? I mean, who do you see? What do you see? Do you be able or do you be not able? It's entirely up to us on the perspective that we see. Do you see a dove or do you see the Holy Ghost? What do you see on the inside of you? 
So I just want to share with you this morning, don't get caught up in all the natural. Don't get caught up in all the hype. Don't get caught up. Everything that's happened in the natural realm is basically coming out of the spirit realm anyway. And you are a spiritual being. Look at things in the spiritual realm rather than in the natural realm. What you see will make a difference in your life. God's been trying to get something across to you to advance you from where you're at. If you're the same spot you were a year ago to where you are now, he'd been talking to you. You haven't been listening. He's always taking you to a different spot, always putting something on the inside of you, always getting you to pursue this or pursue that. And basically you can do that, but you have to see it first. I saw myself teaching before I ever taught. I saw myself preaching before. I was in my bedroom preaching to nothing in there, holding sermons and doing things because I knew that's what God had told me to do. I had no place to go. I had no place to preach. Nobody understood it. Nobody wanted to do anything about it. But I knew that 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 I knew what God put on the inside of me was going to start coming out of the inside of me. So there I was. And pretty soon one thing opens up, another thing opens up, another thing opens up, and pretty soon you're doing it. So whatever God is calling you to do, don't dismiss it just because you don't think you can do it. Get rid of the dove and the baby Jesus and get the real Jesus on the inside of you and the power of the Holy Ghost on the inside of you and pursue that thing because you'll be able to do anything God tells you to do. God's not expecting you to do it in your ability. He's expecting to do it in his ability, but not the ability of a baby and not the ability of a bird, the ability of Jesus Christ himself. Hallelujah. Glory to God. For listening. For more from Treasure Coast Victory Center, visit us at mytcbc.com.